0: Hello and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alerts podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Jack Anstein.
1: And I'm Casey Murray. On this episode, we'll take a look at how Restaurant Week, an event in Columbia to celebrate local downtown restaurants, is functioning during the coronavirus.
0: And later, we'll look into how coworking platforms have pivoted during the pandemic.
1: Plus, we'll have the week's headlines, digits, and other startup news you need to know.
0: So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. So Casey, what have you been up to since the last time we spoke?
1: Oh, I've been trying to get out of the house a bit, been going to my local coffee shop again, but unfortunately a lot of things around me are still closed. So not been getting out of the house as much as I want to.
0: Yeah, near me, my local pool just opened up. So when I have time away from work, I've been able to lay out and get some sun and swim while staying distant from other people.
1: I'm so jealous. My apartment complex actually just opened up our pool, but you can never get in because it's always filled to capacity.
0: Well, I wish you good luck in getting in and getting a chance to swim. But now let's move on to our headlines.
1: So our first headline is about Wave Financial, a Canadian financial technology company owned by the Kansas City tax company H&R Block. They've announced the launch of a new service called Wave Money. This business banking service eliminates banking fees has built-in bookkeeping, and provides instant access to cash. H&R Block acquired Wave Financial for $405 million last June.
0: A treatment for COVID-19 patients developed in St. Louis will soon begin a human trial. The treatment was developed by Confluence Discovery Technologies, a drug discovery organization owned by Aclaris Therapeutics. Aclaris announced on Wednesday that the FDA approved its drug for a trial on 36 hospitalized patients. The Confluence Discovery Technologies team is located in BioSTL, an organization that supports bioscience startups.
1: Renaissance Ag, a St. Louis agriculture technology startup, has made an asset acquisition of another St. Louis based startup in its sector, RN Agri. RN Agri has developed a platform for the development of RNA production for use in products such as biopesticides. Renaissance is owned by TechExcel a private technology and equity development company which focuses on agriculture and animal health. TechExcel did not disclose the details of the acquisition.
0: Handled, a St. Louis-based startup with an app designed to help users price, book, and schedule movers has acquired Columbia-based startup Rue. Rue, which was founded by a group of former University of Missouri athletes, allows people with extra room in their homes or offices to rent it out to users searching for storage space. Terms of the deal were not disclosed.
1: turn our attention to how restaurants in Colombia have been doing during restaurant week.
0: Has the impact of coronavirus on the restaurant industry led to the creation of restaurant week?
1: Restaurant week was started about three years ago just to help businesses during times of the year that aren't as profitable, but it's definitely taken on more importance since restaurant earnings have decreased so significantly in recent months. Sanford Speak, the restaurant owner I talked to for this story, his restaurant went from selling about $3,000 of food each day to around $500.
0: Okay, so how is Restaurant Week impacting these local restaurants?
1: Well, let's find out. For the past three years, Columbia has been celebrating two Restaurant Weeks a year. This week is an attempt by the district, an organization dedicated to developing downtown Columbia, to promote locally owned businesses in the area during slow seasons.
2: We just wanted to celebrate our businesses. Um, Our restaurant establishments here are majority locally owned and kind of all thrive off of each other and it just seems like something we should celebrate Um, and it's done very well. People love
1: it. That's Nikki Davis, Executive Director of Columbia's Downtown Community Improvement District and owner of Muse Clothing Store, speaking on why Restaurant Week was started and why it continues. Though the events are situated during times that downtown businesses could already expect business to be slow, this year the event took place against the backdrop of the coronavirus, which has hit the restaurant industry hard. The accommodation and food service sector has had the highest number of unemployed workers of any sector in Missouri for the past two months. Davis said this has been taken into account with Restaurant Week.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it's always important to shop local. But right now, it's even more important than ever. Our businesses are struggling because of COVID. Every single penny for our businesses count right now. Their uh, loans, their rent, their back utilities are coming due. So we need to make extra steps to
0: support them.
1: Because of COVID-19, Restaurant Week has converted to be completely touchless and takeout-based. During past Restaurant Weeks, businesses have been required to introduce some kind of special or meal they don't normally sell but that was not required this week. Sanford Speak is a co-owner and manager of Sycamore, an upscale American food restaurant that sells a variety of food and drinks, as well as local art. He has participated in the event since it started and plans to continue participating as long as they take place. We spoke at his restaurant, so you'll hear his employees setting up in the background.
3: I think that the district has done a good job. I like. I like the people and I like the work that they do. And in the future, if we're still around, we'll definitely participate to a greater extent.
1: In the past, Sycamore has changed its entire menu for Restaurant Week. But this year, it is just not able to financially support that level of participation.
3: This year, we're simply offering a free glass of house wine with the purchase of a full sandwich or one of the entrees on the menu. Because of COVID and shutting down, we don't have the staff to have a separate menu um we don't have the, the money to invest in a separate menu um, everything we're doing is literally on a shoestring
1: sycamore has seen its earnings take a hard hit the restaurant closed for a little under two months because it couldn't afford to pay staff what the revenue was bringing in it's opened back up again now but sales are still not back to normal
3: initially when we opened for takeout we were selling about 500 dollars a day up to a thousand dollars For May, the entire month, we sold $28,000. And graduation weekend, generally, will sell $28,000 in those three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So what we're doing is completely not sustainable.
1: And while Speak likes participating in Restaurant Week and will continue to do so, he doesn't think that this year it's helping his business boost earnings.
3: Only two people have come in for Restaurant Week. My gut is that it's a waste of time, but, um, but the reality is our name is on websites and on um, brochures and literature, and so um, we'll do what we can and we'll take it and we'll participate
1: um,
3: enthusiastically.
1: As lockdowns ease, it puts even more pressure on an area of business that has not rebounded. Speak pointed out that restaurants normally operate on very thin margins.
3: Average restaurant had a 3% profit margin when we opened in 2005. And if you take away half to two thirds of their revenue, it's impossible to stay open. Even with the dramatically reduced payroll, the basic non, the basic fixed expenses stay the same.
1: Though Restaurant Week is trying to promote small businesses and has been successful in the past, it's not enough to reverse the impact of the coronavirus. And while Speak is optimistic about Sycamore's future, he also thinks the way many restaurants operate could be facing big changes.
3: We are enthusiastic and have positive, we're being very positive about thinking about the future in Sycamore. The whole industry in its form is, for the next year, questionable.
0: COVID-19 has impacted the way we all collaborate in the workplace as we're encouraged to avoid close contact and shared spaces. Finding the best way to work safely with others is a challenge for some types of businesses, including co-working spaces.
1: What sets co-working spaces apart from other types of workplace environments?
0: Co-working spaces are facilities where businesses, freelancers, and other individuals work together in a shared office space. They often include event spaces and other resources for their members. A lot of co-working spaces were still able to remain open for their members during the pandemic, but they implemented new guidelines to keep co-workers healthy as they came in and out of the office.
1: And what about the other services that co-working spaces provide to their members?
0: A lot of shared workspaces were still able to provide some of these services online, but other services like event spaces closed down altogether. I talked with Ben Rayo, founder of BridgeSpace in Kansas City, to see how his business adapted to the coronavirus. Hi, Ben. Welcome. For those who don't know, can you explain what Bridge Space is?
2: So Bridge Space is a once U.S. post office converted into a business incubator and shared workspace in downtown Lee Summit. Private offices, private meeting rooms, event space, referral group, business coaching, and mastermind, podcast and video studios
0: as well. A major focus of co-working spaces is in-person collaboration. How has BridgeSpace balanced that need for the face-to-face communication with necessary safety measures during the pandemic?
2: Well, I would say for the first 90 days, it sucked um, because you know we had to cancel a lot of events and we shut everything down with the exception of our members that had offices there so they could get in and out of their offices if they needed to.
0: And how are you doing now?
2: You know, what's happened now is people are starting to get a little bit more comfortable and they're coming in and we're starting to see things moving forward. You know, starting last week, we started to see an uptick in uh number of tours being scheduled. We still don't have our front doors unlocked. So we're still kind of in a partial lockdown. We're not gonna just let anybody wander into the building. Um everything is still by appointment only. You know, we're having we're having things cleaned more than than we were before. And you know, honestly, it's interesting. You've got so many different people that have different opinions on COVID, and you know, who's worried about social distancing and who's not. And I, it's not just with BridgeSpace. I see it with any place that's you know, hospitality or restaurant or even stores.
0: What are some other ways that BridgeSpace has pivoted during the pandemic?
2: We have our business coaching that's a paid business coaching and then we have some other business coaching um, aspects that fit into what we do and we decided to go ahead and give that away for free. We actually went from where we have two multi-hour meetings a month for people that are in that program to two one-hour meetings a week and we shifted to Emotional support of business owners what they could be doing now and and how are they taking advantage or or making pivots in their business that um, Could take advantage of Being stuck from doing business the way that they used to do so and we created a Facebook group for small businesses and in 30 days we have th- almost, we have over 2,500 businesses in that group now. So that was all about how can we disseminate information to help businesses understand what their options
0: are. And what are the next steps that BridgeSpace will take in the future?
2: Um, next steps are just continue to kind of monitor what's going on, um, take the advice from the local health experts like, you know, the, the county and our city, and try to keep, keep safe as we try to get back to business as quickly as we can.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. For more information on the current state of coworking spaces, check out my article at missouribusinessalert.com.
1: Okay, now it's time for some digits. The numbers that matter most to Missouri business. Jack, what's your digit this week?
0: My digit is two.
1: Two? What's the significance of two?
0: There are now two Missouri businesses that can legally grow marijuana. Bee Leaf Medical, located in Earth City, and Archimedes Medical Holdings, located in Perryville. There were 348 licenses given out to operate medical marijuana businesses in Missouri, and B-Leaf won the second most medical marijuana licenses, 10. There are 60 commercial growing facilities expected to be operating eventually. At least 25,000 have been granted medical licenses for use.
1: Okay, two isn't a very big number, but that's exciting.
0: Exactly. Now what's your digit?
1: My digit is 100,000 because that's how much participants in the Soy Innovation Challenge could win, along with a business mentorship, if they are selected to participate. The United Soybean Board and Yield Lab Institute created the Startup Accelerator Program to support entrepreneurs innovating in the soybean supply chain. The challenge is looking to promote technologies that will help communicate market signals to farmers, as well as those that look at sustainability and environmental impact. Missouri ranks seventh in the nation for soybean production, so this is an important industry to keep tabs on. The deadline to apply is June 20th. So I think that brings our episode this week to a close.
0: We just need our closing thought. This is what Rayo had to say about how he uses caution while running bridge space during the spread of COVID 19.
2: We're taking every measure that we can. We want to try to make sure that we minimize any concern or risk of spread, while we still try to open the business. As carefully as we can. It's not worth taking a chance over 10 or $20,000 to create some kind of an outbreak or put our, our business or our members at risk.
1: That's all we've got this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Jack Anstein and me, Casey Murray. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.